0: Hey guys, it's Martin Sibley. Welcome to another episode of the Martin Sibley Show. And today I'm joined by Bailey. I think, are you joining in from America today, Bailey?
1: Yes, I am. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania.
0: Nice. How is it over there today?
1: It's brisk.
0: It's cold. (laughs) (laughs) Love that. That's a good word, brisk. I like that. (laughs) Well, cool. So for those watching and listening, um, I came across Bailey because I've been on this sort of journey into trying to, I suppose, spread my message further about inclusion, but also to give more coaching and uh, courses to the disabled community. And I've sort of found that it's ended up resonating with disabled and non-disabled people. But uh, Bailey, your your key area is infopreneurship. Is that the right way of pronouncing it? That's the right
1: word, yeah. Infopreneurship, yep.
0: I've been practicing that all day. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. And so, yeah, I mean, it'd be great, I suppose, just to hear a bit about your your background in terms of how you got into that, first of all, and then we'll, we'll come into some of the actual um, other ways that we've learned together more recently.
1: Definitely. Well, it's it's a long story, but I'll give you the highlights. So um, I was definitely raised like a lot of people that there's a certain path in life you're supposed to follow. You know, the American dream, went to school for engineering. When I graduated, I was working out in California as a nine to five engineering consultant for several years. When around the age of 25, I started to have a little bit of a quarter life crisis. And I started to wonder what it was that I really wanted to do with my life because I just kind of felt like I wasn't being fulfilled in my job. And when I thought about all the things that I Wanted I wanted to travel more be closer to my family have more time on my hands things like that I just realized that I think being a business owner or, You know working for myself in some capacity was going to be the only way that I would be able to achieve that So I began doing online business and, and I was doing info partnership, but I didn't know that's what it was so I was um, writing books and doing public speaking and writing doing online courses in the travel niche, actually. I'm a huge international traveler, and I was teaching people like, what are visas, what are passports, and like basics of international travel. Um, I had a huge audience of college students who were going abroad for the first time and had to learn all this stuff. And then, uh, how I got into coaching this thing was just sort of not on accident, but I never really intended for it to happen. I just had a lot of people, originally friends and family, but then acquaintances and strangers even that were reaching out to me saying, Hey, do you mind how I, if I ask you how you launched that last book of yours, or, you know, where are you hosting these online courses and how are you making money with this? And that's when I started on the side, sharing my knowledge about how to do info products and services online. That's where the word "infopreneur" comes from informational products and services. Yeah. And so. After doing that for a little while, I kind of realized that I had to make a choice and I either had to you know uh, pers- you know go back to doing what I was doing with the travel stuff or I was going to have to start pursuing coaching full time and that's what I decided to do so in 2015 I decided to make the shift and officially brand myself as a business coach for infopreneurs mm-hmm. and start doing that full time so it's it's been great
0: yeah it's great and we covered a lot as you say a few years there of your your journey there's a few things that definitely I can relate to that. Um, when I knew I wanted to speak out about disability, I started blogging and then through the blog people would want to have kind of coaching, but then time is our most precious resource. So it's how can you be able to give that impact and support, but without literally being, you know, morning to night doing one to I one. And obviously you know, group coaching is a bit more scalable, but um, I think you know, the rise of the internet there's so much opportunity with with these products. And then yeah, when I um, sort of started looking into that with my journey, that was where I really found you. Um, and it, it was just so refreshing to realise that there is this business model, because at the end of the day, that, that's what I'd been missing. I'd, I'd so clear on my mission and what I wanted, what impact I wanted to have in the world. But it was how to create the, the sort of products that would serve my community, but also be sustainable for me. So, I mean, what what kind of entrepreneurs have you been supporting now? You must have quite an eclectic mix of of people you've been helping.
1: You know, the word eclectic is perfect to describe my clientele because... (laughs) They all have one problem in common. They all have one thing that they're trying to do, right? Which is how, you know, that's why they come to me. How do I get my message out into the world? How do I spread my life experience, knowledge, and passion to other people through info products and services? But beyond that, everybody is different because they all have different experience and different knowledge and passion that they want to share. So I've worked with an origami expert that wanted to spread his love and techniques of origami with the world. I've worked with someone who was an Expert in african american women 's hair care and how to make their hair softer stronger you know longer that sort of thing um, i 've worked with other people who want to be fitness coaches and teach wellness and it, it was crazy is that that 's only a small group of people that I coach personally, like you said you know time's our most precious resource, so I can only coach so many people at a time but in my courses i 've got hundreds of students that are even more wild niches or things that you wouldn 't necessarily think of as you know, being applicable to infopreneurship. I had someone do a summit that was about vegan lifestyle. I've had people, um, somebody who wanted to do a summit that was like uh, about animals. Um, It was about like animal disease and health and stuff like that for your dogs and pets and stuff. So it's kind of crazy how many awesome people I've had a chance to meet through this business and what their passions in life are. I'm honestly, I'm not sure anything would surprise me anymore. (laughs)
0: That's awesome. I don't want to um, sort of put labels, onto things that may be not right, but would you say your summit is your signature product? Would that be fair to say?
1: It's definitely one of them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So yeah, um, so every year I run a virtual summit called the Infopreneur Summit. It's going into its fourth year this year in 2019. And um, it's a really fantastic way for me to spread the message of infopreneurship and bring a lot of new people to my business that are just learning about infopreneurship or they kind of need that push to to get their journey started. Um, And then I also have a course about how to do summits. And that's one of my signature online courses as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like a very powerful way. I mean, in fact, as I mentioned, I was just teaching um, a course a moment ago on the the Zoom link when we then started our podcast. And two things about that really was that the first thing was I pre-sold that. And that was because of one of the big tips you had where a lot of course creators spend ages creating the course and then find that nobody actually ends up needing or wanting or affording at that price point, etc. cetera. So the, the, to be at module four now, I'm now teaching it live to the first intake, and that's been really phenomenal. Um, but that, that's definitely my next move, is I've realized that this world changes brand is taking me, but other people out of disability. And it's more this social good, social change uh, mission and environment. And so I'm really quite getting excited now about bringing all these amazing people to a summit and then being able to spread that message to lots more people. So like, how, how did you come up with the idea of the summit? How did that come about?
1: Yeah, so summits have been around long before I've been a business coach. I didn't invent the concept. You're not it Not
0: right, non- yet, <laughs>
1: no. Um, I had already been a guest speaker on some other people's summits, and I just saw, you know, the amazing results that they got, and they just spoke so highly about how summits could be used in their business. And so when I was looking for a way, you know, to get my business off the ground, there's, you know, to get, you know, that really nice um, infusion of, of email subscribers and cash and visibility into my business in a short period of time, I turned to summits, and I said, you know, I think this might be something that could work for me. I admit I was kind of skeptical, had some limiting beliefs when I did it the first time, but the results speak for themselves. And I turned around and did my second summit just nine months later, because I said, these results are awesome, this is going to get me places, and I'm going to go ahead and do this. And um, like I said, I've been doing it every year since.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. You mentioned the word limiting beliefs that you'd had in the the beginning. And I'd, I'd imagine that's quite common across the board of the people you work with. And generally, I think, you know, entrepreneurs that yeah, there are barriers to market entry and, you know, how we fund things, all the sort of business stuff. But from what I've seen more and more recently, it's that the limiting belief that can really cause the the more or the lack of progress. So how, how do you, how did and do you overcome your limiting beliefs? But how do you help coach other people with that problem as well?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think that limiting beliefs usually just often stem from fear you know, is that limiting beliefs are sometimes often excuses because we're afraid to take steps. So, um, you know, for example, I was just recently teaching about summits to a group of people and some of the limiting beliefs they had were, well, this isn't going to work for me or it's not going to work for my niche or I'm not going to get the same results that you got. And I think that deep down, they were just really excuses in order to avoid having to face something that might actually work or face something new that they've never done before. And so when I'm faced with my own limiting beliefs, I just try to adopt a mindset of, well, I'm going to try this and, and maybe it won't work. Maybe it will. I'm not sure, but the only way that I'll know is if I actually take action, right? Um, you know, the famous business coach Marie Forleo says that um, action brings us clarity. And so when we're confused and we're not sure, and we have those limiting beliefs, if we take action, then we'll know it'll either work or it won't work. And so that's what I just try to encourage my clients to do is that, you know, whenever they kind of get stuck in this mindset of, you know, confusion and back and forth and this downward spiral, I say, well, you know, we just, we have to make a decision and go for it and then we'll be able to deal with the results after we actually finish the summit or the course or whatever it is that they're working on.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting. When you were mentioned that, it reminds me a bit of the lean startup and the kind of iterations and when you know I, I did economics at uni and i've done marketing got a businessy background but i think you know when it's yourself is part of the product it's harder to, to almost to be happy with failure whereas when it's selling widgets or something that's not part of you you can be a bit more objective about it
1: Oh, I can totally understand that. I'm a personal brand myself. You know, my business is Bailey Richard. That's my business. And so, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of underlying issues there regarding how people see you and um, how you're perceived by others. But I suppose another little tip that I use to kind of get over that is I just remember that my brand is not myself. Like, yeah, it's a personal brand, but, you know, I'm I'm a complex person with lots of human emotions and my brand is a simplified narrative that tells my story, but it's more one dimensional. But I as a person am not that way.
0: Yeah, and obviously that was only the other day I put in um, your, your community group about an incident I'd had where we launched a product yeah. that was specifically for disabled people. And so yeah, I think you know that was your point then as well to me, wasn't it? That it's uh, you have to kind of accept there will be trolls and there will be people out there that that say stuff, but equally not to take everything personally because it's just what happens when you're online as well.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, the bad is going to come with the good and you can't stop it and you can't help it. And that's just, unfortunately, what the internet has empowered some people to do through anonymity. Um, But at the end of the day, you just have to realize that like you might be a personal brand, but you as a person are so much more than your business. A business is, you know, an aspect of your life, but it's not everything.
0: Yeah, I yeah, totally agree. So I'm um, moving things along a bit. I've wanted to mention ClickFunnels and Russell Branson and the work that you're doing there. And to anyone that, that isn't aware, Click Funnels help um, infopreneurs and entrepreneurs to, to really get their marketing funnels more sort of in order with a lot more ease and not having to worry about the techie side that quite a lot of people struggle with. So how, how did you end up coming, becoming sort of closer to them and being more able to work with them?
1: Yeah, ClickFunnels is an amazing software. I've been using it since 2015 to do all of my sales and marketing funnels and, um, I got connected with them because I had done my virtual summit, my info summit, a couple of years already. And I had met someone through that. She was a speaker two times. Her name is Julie Stoyan. Now she's the VP of marketing at Mm ClickFunnels. So last year I was at Funnel Hacking Live, which is their annual conference. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, ClickFunnels needs to do a virtual summit. I don't know why they're not doing this. So I reached out to Julie, pitched her the idea, And she was eventually able to put me in touch with Russell Brunson, the CEO, and um, I pitched my idea, did a proposal, and eventually he hired me to do a small summit for them last year, which is how I got connected with their team more closely. It's an amazing group of people I'm truly grateful to be connected with, and it's opened up a lot of doors for me, for sure.
0: Yeah, and I presume that you said you used the product and the the software for yourself, but, you know, I see quite a lot of inspiration coming out of Russell's story and the Click funnels in general, so it must have been nice to, to end up working with people that you'd respected and you know, gotten to know. Is there, is there anyone else that you look to, sort of almost like digital mentors that you haven't yet met that you would like to one day?
1: Yeah, there's a person called Natalie Sisson, who um, runs a website called The Suitcase Entrepreneur, and um, she and I have connected online, uh, exchanged a few messages once, but I've never met her in person, and um, I think she's from... Australia or New Zealand and uh, she was one of the first digital nomad business coaches kind of people out there who inspired me to think about um, you know when I was going through that quarter life crisis about doing a business of my own so hopefully one day I'll still get an opportunity to meet her but for now um, it was great to at least connect with her once.
0: Yeah that's awesome and and how about sort of habits and routines have you over time had to sort of adjust and uh, perfect things, or uh, to keep health and other parts outside of work more more in order. Is that something that you struggled with at all?
1: Oh, of course, absolutely. Every entrepreneur, every infopreneur struggles with this yeah. that that balance, especially in the first couple of years of your business, because in the first couple of years of your business, you don't really have good systems. A lot of it is like trying to accept any client you can possibly get because you're you need the money. You're a little cash poor, and you need that cash flow. So, um, and and you feel. Stressed because you never know where your next dollar is going to come from. Um, so you take on way too many clients at some points, right? And you just, you know, you're working yourself to the bone for those opportunities. And I've definitely been in those those spots before. And I do believe that work life balance is an important aspect that we should, you know, maintain. But at the same time, I can recognize that there's some points in your business during the year when you're going to be busier than others. You know, you're just you're going to be facing some of those tough times. Um, I'm very lucky that I have a Local support system of family and friends that know that I work really hard in my business, and they they supported me a lot whenever I was getting started, and I owe you know a lot to them um, for their love and support. But another thing is you like I mentioned, putting those systems in place so that you, um, are able to take some of that work off of yourself, whether that's through automation, whether that's through scheduling, whether that's through bringing in some team members, you know, it's been a struggle cause I'm such a perfectionist and also a little bit of a, you know, control freak that, um, you know, get bringing on some additional help, some independent contractors to help me do some stuff has been tough for me to do, but it's been really, really good. And, um, yeah, so definitely it's something that we all struggle with.
0: Yeah, yeah, so it's, it's part, part of the job in a way, isn't it? It is, yeah. And so um, you mentioned you had a lot of, um, when you started out, a passion for travel. So have you been able to keep up the travel the last couple of years with the business taking off so much?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, this is a huge priority for me in my life is to at least, you know, try to go to at least one new country every year. And for the most part, I've been able to do that. Um, I do every once in a while, go back to places that I've already been, but um, I try to go to new places if I can. Last year, I went to Buenos Aires for a couple of months, which was wonderful. I loved that place so much. Um, I went to Cuba for over a week for my birthday, my 30th birthday, so that was really fun too. The internet wasn't so great there, so that was more like a proper vacation. I wasn't really working. but yeah, I do try to travel a lot. And it, I know that it is easier for me because I'm not married right now and I don't have any children. So um, I am you know, able to sort of make those freedom decisions in my life a bit more easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I, I do believe that people need to recognize what's priorities for them and try to make it happen. You know, we only have mm-hmm. this one life. And so for me, getting to see a lot of the world, that's an important thing I, I want.
0: Yeah, that's a good clarification because i mean, like- I. When I was do my talking about my life, my journey, travel was massive for me. I mean I've been to many countries absolutely love it, and I realized that some people may have felt like a kind of oh well, I ought to be traveling too if the person on stage or the person on the podcast says so, but what I've learned more and more is that it's just about tapping into your passion, and that might be. Being in your back garden, doing the, you know lovely things with the flower yes. and making the garden beautiful, and that that's just as valid. But it's more about making sure you're true to your passions, I think.
1: Oh, I completely agree. And and ironically, that's why as part of my coaching business, I mentioned tra- that I'm a traveler. I don't try to hide it for any reason. But I also like it's not a part of my brand. Like yeah. you'll never see pictures of me on the beach with a laptop or something because I don't want people to feel like they have to travel. To be an infopreneur. That's not true at all. Yeah. It's all about living your life the way you want to live it. That's the ultimate freedom, which for me is travel, but for a lot of people is not. My sister does not travel very well at all. She she gets ill on airplanes and she doesn't really like it. So, you know, for her, that's, that's not her passion, but for me, it is. So, everybody, it's totally different.
0: Yeah, and well, another factor we've got a dog. My fiance and I got a dog last year. So, we, we traveled so much and that was awesome. And now, we still will travel, but not as much because of because of the puppy, and that 's cool too so it 's like over time life changes a bit as well i think
1: it does it totally does and that 's another that 's a good thing to remember is that you know like i mentioned i 'm not married and don 't have kids maybe my life is going to look completely differently in 10 years. I'll be married. We'll have a dog too. And we'll have a house and things will be totally different. And I, I will love travel still, but I won't do it as much. Sure. I really can't say. And I, you know, so right now that's a part of everything. And I hope travel always in some capacity will be a part of my story, but yeah. I'm sure it'll look different at every stage of my life.
0: Yeah. So true. So true. We're sort of starting to to wrap things up. I guess I've, it's always nice to, to come up with a bit of, um, the listeners and the viewers to have some maybe not action but you know some kind of framework and thoughts to move forward with so i guess i'm just thinking that if someone comes to you and they know that they've got this uh, passion and mission to make the world better in some way and they're, they're keen to do it more digitally what would be just a few thoughts you would share with them to, to get started and get moving on that journey
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think that for most infopruners, what we're seeing today is that the personal brand is really the way to go. In fact, Mm -hmm. we saw a lot of really popular bloggers that kind of got started, you know, maybe five, six years ago, actually move their businesses over to personal brands now in Mm -hmm. 2019. So if you are seriously just getting started, then I would go ahead and see if your domain name, which is your own name, like baileyrichard.com, for example, like, is that available? Go ahead and grab that and and really consider building your business on that brand because I think that for so many of us business these days is becoming about human to human connection Mm -hmm. and people especially whenever they're buying info products they want to know who's teaching they want to know what the life experience knowledge and passion and you know experiences of the person who's leading the course or writing the book and so I think that it's really important for people that are getting into the infopreneurship world to recognize that your personal story and your personal journey is going to be a really big part of that. And so we're seeing personal brands really, really take off. Mm -hmm. Um, for those people that are like looking for some technical advice and and really want to know what the platforms are these days that are going to help them succeed. I cannot recommend ClickFunnels enough, um, because it is an all-in-one solution that's really given me everything that I need to host my courses, do my email marketing, create my sales funnels so for those of you that are actually looking for like what number one thing is it that i feel like has made a difference in my business over the past couple of years that has been absolutely huge so Mm -hmm. there's a couple of takeaways
0: that's awesome cool well anything else
1: you want to share before we wrap up Bailey? Just that, for those of you out there who might be at the beginning of their journey, the same way that I was at the beginning of my journey back when I was having my quarter life crisis, it's not too late to jump into this big world of online business. I know sometimes it might feel like that, like there's so many people already out there doing what it is that you want to do. But the reality is that, again, you have your own message and your own story, and nobody else can duplicate that. And there is value in bringing that to the world. And so um, it's definitely not too late to go ahead and get started. It doesn't matter how old you are. Or what you've done in your past, or where you've been, um, or where you are right now in your life. If you think that having your own business, doing info products and services like I do, is something that you want, there's still plenty of time left.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I think keeps coming up more and more. Is about the side hustle, and I think some people worry that it's all or nothing, or they have to have millions of Followers to be meaningful, but essentially, you know, everyone can get started and just dip their toe in the water and see how they get on. And it, you know, it will take that life of its own over time as well.
1: I completely agree. I never ever recommend that my clients who come to me immediately quit their jobs. That would be Mm -hmm. foolish. You know, I don't, we don't even talk about that until they have enough income coming in to replace their salary. So there's nothing wrong with starting a side hustle. That's how I started. That's how I started my business back when I was still an engineer. You are allowed to start something on the side to help you out and you get to decide where it goes. You know, I think that some of us feel like there's these rules. Well, like if I start a business, then I have to quit my job. Or if I start a business, I have to do this to a million dollars there's no rules you get to completely direct everything you want so if you want to start a side hustle and keep it a side hustle you can do that if you want to start a side hustle and grow it and then leave your job you can do that too really you're in complete control of everything
0: you make the rules right
1: you make the rules
0: awesome so how can people find you online bailey
1: thanks they should definitely just go to baileyrichard.com that's my website there's links there to everything my courses blog there's a contact page where you can contact me through my website or you can feel free to send a message to contact at baileyrichard.com
0: awesome well thank you personally for the support you've given me and um, i know there's a lot of people listening and watching they're gonna get a lot out of it as well so good luck with all your your future projects
1: thank you so much for having me